Namaste. Welcome to Call and Response Podcasts with Krishnadas, where he shares meaningful stories of his life on the path, of his Guru Maharaji, and integrating spiritual practice into our everyday lives. Call and Response Podcasts is an offering of the Kirtanmala Foundation. The foundation is dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba, a great spiritual teacher of India. If you are interested in supporting this podcast and the work of the foundation, please visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. So practice, you got to do practice, I'm sorry, you just have to. With our eyes open and our hearts open. But through a practice, you're, you're, you get used to coming back from being gone. It's more like an ability to let go. It's Cindy. Will you tell us a story about Hanuman? Any story. What's that? Tell us a story about Hanuman. Any story. stories you can read in books. For us, when we got to India, we noticed that Maharaji's devotees considered him to be Hanuman in the body, considered him to be a manifestation of Hanuman. When we talk about these things, it's very difficult to talk about these things correctly. And even Maharaji used to say, they say Hanuman's a monkey. Hanuman is the flow of grace in the universe. It's the, the flow of connection between the individual soul and the Supreme Soul. The nature of those two supposed things is not different. The Atma is not different than the Paramatma in its qualities, except that it's limited to an individual reflection. For instance, the moon is reflected in many different lakes and pools. It's exactly the same moon. It's exactly the same reflection but it's limited in some way. That's the soul, the personal, individual soul. <clears throat> and a lake is like a mirror. It reflects the light of the moon, which itself is a mirror reflecting the light of the sun. So if that lake is covered with leaves and stuff, you can't see any moon in the lake. Hanuman is what removes those leaves, those, the dirt on the mirror of the heart. It's the flow of love, the flow of grace. 
Hanuman is considered to be the remover of obstacles, the destroyer of problems and suffering, and also the bestower of the very things we need to get on with our lives. There's a, 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 a shloka in Sanskrit which I don't remember, but it said, not only does Hanuman bestow liberation by uniting the Atma with the Paramatma, or removing, and he does that by removing the, the, the dust on the, the mirror. Not only does, that, does he do that, but he also makes it possible for us to satisfy the desires that we have that need to be satisfied. We're hungry people, we're hungry beings. We need to eat, we need to sleep, we need to do a bunch of things, which I won't talk about here. And if we don't do those things, we're frustrated and we don't, our energy doesn't flow. So there's certain things that we need that that being that is Hanuman allows us to, to realize in our lives, to get what we want. Why shouldn't we have what we want? God is not your mother telling you you can't have that. That's a program. We have desires based on our karmas, and many of those desires are good for us to, to fulfill. Some of them are not. Hanuman boosts up the ones that are positive and removes the ones that are negative. That's what they say. Here's a story you won't like. It's from the Valmiki Ramayana. There's many different versions of the story of Ram, which is called the Ramayana. So in the Valmiki, which is the original, <clears throat> Sita, Rama's wife, was stolen by the demon Ravana. Sita is the individual soul. Rama is the supreme soul. Ravana is the ego. So he steals the Shakti. But he can't mate with it because he's cursed that if he takes it, if he tries to mate with a, a woman who doesn't want him, his, his heads will explode. He had ten heads. Every one of them will explode. So he has to kind of try to seduce the, 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 the soul into falling in love with him, which is impossible. So anyway, at some point in the story, Hanuman goes, all the monkeys go out to try to find Sita. And Hanuman jumps over the ocean, and he gets to Ravana's kingdom. And he's cruising around looking for Sita. And one of the places he winds up looking is in Ravana, the demon's uh, harem. He had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of women there. So Hanuman has to go look. So he's going looking around, and he's seeing all these women asleep at night, you know, naked and drunk and everything, and Ravana's lying there. And he's looking around. And all of a sudden, he flips out, and he says, Oh, my God, this is, I'm, this is sin. I'm sinned. I've been looking at these women like this. How could I do that? This is terrible. What am I going to do? And he really starts to completely flip out. And then... He says, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not doing this out of any kind of lust or anything. I'm trying to serve Ram by finding Sita. So there's no way there's any bad karma for this. And he chills himself out. He had to talk himself down. Just like us. 
you know, like you get stuck in something and you think, oh, this is terrible. You just have to, you have to talk yourself down sometimes. You have to say, okay, would you chill out, please? Hello, are you in there? Listen to me, it's okay. So that was interesting, the first time I read that. Because I, in different versions of the Ramayana, that doubt that Hanuman had temporarily would never be written about. So it was very cool. I'll think of something else, hold on. After finding Sita, Hanuman comes back and all the monkeys go to see Ram and tell him the good news. And the king of monkeys tells Rama, Oh Lord, it was Hanuman who jumped over the ocean and found Sita and now has come back to tell us. So Ram reaches down and he embraces Hanuman. He tries to lift him up. But Hanuman was so absorbed in love that he wouldn't, couldn't rise. And Ram says, the debt I owe to you, I can never repay. And Hanuman says, just let me remain ever your servant and ever to serve the love that you are. It's a beautiful, beautiful song. In Hindi, they're called bhajans. And the line that's repeated over and over is, Bharata bhai, kapi se And it tells the story of when the war is over and the demons are killed and Sita's freed and everybody comes back to the kingdom, Ayodhya. And Bharat, who is Ram's brother, who has been taking care of the kingdom uh, while Ram has been away, <clears throat> comes out to meet him. And he sees this monkey. And he says, oh Lord, what's this monkey doing here? And then Ram says, oh brother Bharat, we can never repay the debt we owe to this monkey. And each verse describes one of the things that Hanuman did. And again, it ends with the phrase, Oh, Brother Bharat, we can never repay the debt we owe to this monkey. He jumped across the ocean, he killed the demons, he found Sita, and not once, not for one second, did he, did pride arise in his mind. Not for one second did he think, I am doing this. He was living in the reality that God is the doer. We live in the reality that we are the doers. Good luck. Hanuman was not fooled by the ego. He had transcended all that. And so he never thought, I'm doing this. Look what I've done. 
He jumped over the ocean. He did all these things. And not for one second did he ever think that he was the doer. He saw reality, which is that everything is done within that universal presence, which is God. And one of the last lines of the, the song, which was written by Tulsidas, he says, Tulsidas says, I'm telling, I'm telling you this story in the very words that came from the Lord's mouth. In the very words that Ram spoke. This is what I'm telling you. It's just a beautiful bargain. When I first read the Tulsidas Ramayana, which is the devotional telling of the story, it completely rewired my brain. We are wired for romantic love, for physical love, for love between two people. But when you read these books, you enter into a different field of being. You enter into a different type of love, a love that is not personal. It's universal. It's everywhere all the time. It's not self-centered. It's not about me. And it's not about... It transcends that me-ness. It blows it out of the fucking sky. It just destroys that separateness. It's a different kind of love. Maybe it's the same love but not limited, just like the reflection of the moon is limited by a, a lake or a pool. It's the whole thing. And we come into contact with that through these stories. And when I read Tulsidas Ramayana, which is called the, the Ramacharita Manasa, the, the lake of the stories of Ram, and every chapter is a descent deeper into that lake. It rewired me. I had no idea that was, this existed like this. And it was mind-blowing. And then I went to India where everybody I met lived in that world. Or so many of the people I met. It was amazing. That lives within us, once again, as what's really in there already. when we look for love in our daily lives, we're really looking for that. But it's the looking that counts. It's the seeking so somebody was asking about something. One of the things that Sidney Ma said to me, <clears throat> I said to him, Ma, is it all grace or is it personal effort? This is a big thing. You know, they write millions of books about this. I was saying, you know, 
if it's already done, then what do I have to do? I just have to be here, right? I don't have to do anything. Or do I have to really make it happen? She said, it's all grace, but you have to act like it isn't. That's so great. It is done deal. We are in time. So there's now, then there's later, then there's later, then there's later. We're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're going to do that. If time, if, if we were now living in the now, which it, it's always now if you think about it, when is it now? It's now. Tomorrow, if you ask the same question, it's now. It's always now. But we live in a different level where time passes. On that level, we have to do practice. On the other level, nothing to do, nowhere to go. But we're not living on that level. We're living within that level, but we don't experience that. We still suffer. We still don't have what we want. So that's why we have to do some practice. It's all grace. It's raining everywhere. Uh, Suzuki Roshi said, come walk with me in the rain. But don't rush, don't hurry, it's raining everywhere. And if we want to catch some of those raindrops, we have to cup our hands. That's practice. You don't cup. You don't get anything to drink. Changes happen <clears throat> off the radar. You don't notice them. Just naturally, you, you're drawn to different things. And you're not drawn to other things. Places you used to go, things you used to do. You just, the interest drops. You don't notice that. But little by little, you wind up living uh, in negativity less of the time. You spend less and less time negative states of mind. But how could you notice that? Because it's not like, it, it's the you, the part of you that's negative, that's not there. You don't notice that. But as time goes on, you can look back and you can see a little bit, well, you know, my life isn't as tortured as it was. I don't spend so much time moping around. It's a really big thing.
Anybody else? PTSD stuff, like generational, all that that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. All that stuff, you could say, is dust on the mirror of the heart. When you look, and, and when you look out at the world, what you see is your version of that world. Certain things are scary, certain things aren't, certain things are attractive, certain things aren't, etc. You're like, this is good, this is bad, this is tasty, this is nice, this is ugly, this is beautiful. We're seeing our version of everything. As we practice, as we do, as we chant, for instance, the, the, the knee-jerk reaction that glues us to our feelings and thoughts is loosened up little by little and I say knee-jerk because you don't get a vote you just we see it the way we see it and that's it we're in it so as time goes on for instance it's as if you were born with uh, let's say you're born at night okay and it's like a, a night that lasts for 30 years. So you're born, and you grow up in the dark, and everything is kind of murky and, and not distinct, and you see things, and you just assume that's the way it is, right? Why wouldn't you, right? That's the way you were born, that's the way things are. But then, all of a sudden, the sun starts to rise. And just a little light comes into the sky and things look different and the sun keeps rising and things look different trees that look like scary demons just look like trees things change that's how practice changes things from the inside out what we actually see think and feel starts to change our, our subjective version is thinned out little by little. Of course, we come up sometimes against some big boulders of stuff, and that may take more techniques to lighten them up, to loosen that glue up. So anything we do, therapy, counseling, practice, anything that we do that loosens up the the tightness of the way we see everything and believe everything we see. You have no doubt, I have no doubt that when I look around, this is the world. This is my world, right? I look at you and I see your hair, I see the way you hold your head, I see the, the tenor of your voice. I get a lot of information from that, but I interpret that information. That's who she is. She's a person who's blah, 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 blah. I don't know who you are, right? I don't know what you think, but 
I'm stupid enough to think that I know who you are just because I see you a way, a particular way. And we all do that. It's not stupid, it's just the way we are. So through practice, we become more receptive to information in a way and not so evaluative about everything immediately. And so, even, and I'm talking about inter, so-called internal emotions too, like trauma and things like that, damage. Same, because that's not, that's also outside of our true nature, so to speak. It's within our true nature, but it's, it, it's, a, it's a thing, it's a program. So, everything you do, every time you plant a seed of letting go, or of coming back, that strengthens your inner heart. And it loosens up the hold that those programs have over us. How's that? Thank you. Okay. And it may be that that as you develop, as you mature, as you ripen, you're able to deal with that trauma differently. It's not like it'll just go away, you know. But all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but little by little, you're able to, to work with it in a different way. You're not so threatened by it. You're not so hurt by it immediately. So you have a little more space in there where you can allow that to kind of rise up and then hopefully just vaporize as time goes on. But we need all the help we can get. That much is for sure. Is somebody else back there? Thank you so much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by the Kirtan Mala Foundation. Krishnadas is renowned for leading Kirtan, the spiritual practice of chanting, and workshops around the world. For more information about him, including upcoming events, please visit krishnadas.com, K-R-I-S-H-N-A-D-A-S.com. We also invite you to visit kirtanwalafoundation.org, K-I-R-T-A-N-W-A-L-L-A-H foundation.org. Here you will find more offerings dedicated to spreading the teachings of Neem Karoli Baba. Love everyone, serve everyone. Remember God. Ram Ram.